0: Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith, and this is The Gun Experiment.
1: How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I welcome back a friend, speak to a creator of beautiful handcrafted 1911s, and talk more about home gunsmithing. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. So be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot start the show without the big man across the table. Keith is in the house. Keith, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing excellent. Had a great day today.
2: Went up to Saratoga for, uh, here. you know, they only run like six weeks up here and been on some ponies. Had a good day. How'd that go? Went well enough where I'm going to go back Saturday.
1: All right. With their money or No, definitely not. That's why I got to go back Saturday. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough, fair enough.
2: I'm bringing the wife this time though, so maybe I'll be a little lucky. Awesome. All right, yeah. They say, you know, lady lady luck, right? It's not man luck. Well, if
1: I lose, hopefully I'll still get lucky. (laughs) Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. So listen, I want to get right into this thing, but before we do, let's do a little housekeeping and uh, let the listeners know how they can help us out a little bit. Uh, If you're out there listening and you go over to thegunexperiment.com, as soon as you go in there, you're going to get a pop-up for an email list. If you could join our email list, that would be great. We want to be able to communicate with everybody, let you know about things that are happening. And I think we we got a couple of giveaways, maybe if you yeah, join working, this list. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working on something cool, really cool. But I've uh, seen
2: it. I don't want to let yeah. the cat out of the bag. It's still top
1: secret. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Uh, and then also, if you could go over to Apple Podcast and hit that five star button, and then leave us a comment. Of course, we're going to read them on the air. And uh, last but not least, follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Guys, all this is basically so we can keep talking and and keep conversations flowing between us and you. And it really is uh, something we want to build. So if you could do that for us, we would really appreciate it. Uh, Anything you want to add, Keith? No, I'm ready. That's cool. Actually, you want to talk about uh, our buddy at uh, Resurgent Arms? Of course. Yeah. This show is sponsored by Resurgent Arms. Uh, I actually just spoke to Will, and he is sending out a a couple goodies. Yeah, he, he told a, me he was going to do it yeah. and I I didn't want, I want I was being patient. Yep. Best best AR15 safety hands down yeah. and I heard that there's some it's new and improved. It really is. So guys, if you go over to Resurgent Arms, uh you get 12% off with our discount code uh gunexperiment. Another live
2: review on that coming soon it sounds like.
1: You might have to. All right. Keith, why don't you introduce our in-house guest tonight? Oh, I would love to. Frank, welcome back. Yeah, Frank from Walk Hill Small River Arms is in the house. Nice to be back guys. I was able yeah. to duck
3: out
2: of the gun shop for for the evening. Yeah, and you did so well. We got you your own microphone. We're not it's
1: no hand me down this time.
2: It's fancy.
3: Right. Yeah. It's fancy.
1: Yeah, man. So, I it I I told you this earlier, but my wife said Frank has quite the radio voice. So, if I, you're out there listening to the, the silky tones of Frank, crushing on Frank a little. Yeah, bit. a little bit that Beard voice. Beard and all guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. All right, so let's get into this guys. Our guest tonight is the CEO and Vice President of Sales of Nighthawk Customs, a company that prides itself on high quality craftsmanship of their custom 1911s. Please welcome Mark Stone and Mickey Shields to the show.
0: Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing tonight?
2: Doing excellent, Mickey. I liked I Sell Guns way better than Vice President of Sales, but uh, you know,
1: I'll. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We, we, we'll we'll keep it formal, I guess. Yeah. Let's. Uh, why don't we change that on your business cards? Just change it to I Sell Guns. <laughs>
0: Well, that's what, when people ask me what I do, because that's in effect, that's actually what I do. Uh, I'm uh, by the way, guys, I'm drinking apple cider vinegar and working, trying to get that golden throat voice of God. like Frank's got.
3: <laughs> Oh, that's great. I don't believe it. You got that whistle pig out, don't you?
0: <laughs> we drank all our whistle pig. We're on maker's mark now. Yep.
1: So, Mickey, uh, Frank says that not only do you just sell guns, but you actually do uh, quite a good job of that. So I do want to get right into the company. I mean, you have a great product to sell. And obviously, uh, when you have a great product, it makes your job a lot easier, I'm sure. But your, co- your company was created in 2004. Um, why don't you guys just start off by telling us the story of Nighthawk Customs? How did this happen uh, in 2004?
0: I'm going to let Mark answer that he's, uh, one of the original four people that were there and now is the sole owner and CEO of the company. And so you guys are going to get it right from the horse's mouth. So I'm going to, I'm going to yield the floor to him on that story.
2: Sounds good. Putting you in the hot seat right away.
0: Yes.
4: And, uh, my name is Mark stone and, uh, Frank, uh, Frank has experienced the whole story. It takes about an hour and a half, but I, I've got to do it quicker than that for you guys, but uh, <laughs> you probably write a book about it. But I uh, went to church with some guys uh, that uh, had 20 plus years of experience uh, in custom 1911s. And there was two guys like that. And then there was one like the number one sales guy for another company. And and yes, that was Wilson Combat. And uh, I had no intentions really getting into the business, but I always admired their work. So one day after church, they said, Hey guys, we're, we're struggling. And what do you think of Mark about helping us start a company building custom 1911s? And, and that was the way it was. And we, uh, at that time I had several other businesses and, uh, had, had experience, had a banking background, I had a production manufacturing background, which said when I left that, that I wasn't ever getting manufacturing <laughs> again, but uh, God had another plan and, uh, we, uh, my right before all this happened, a couple about a year before that, I built some, uh, climate controlled storage units, uh, some exterior units as well. Uh, Frank can talk about, you know, bearables a small town and I built these buildings and thought I had it all figured out. And, and I, I like I told Frank, I said, did you ever watch the movie filled the dreams, build it and they'll come? Well, they weren't coming very quick. <laughs> So whenever they approached me, I had some space. We converted some manufacturing space, uh, some climate control space into manufacturing space. Uh, we could have about hired whoever we wanted to, but we didn't have much money and and started out with four partners and about five uh, people working with us. You know, it's just a dream. It's, it was kind of like a, it's just an American dream. You know, things just, just worked out.
2: Woke up one day and here it is going.
4: Yeah, that's, that's the way it was. We had no name, uh, no products, no vendors, no customers, no accounting system, and and just kept working. And I had a guy that worked with us now one day. He's a super smart guy, just like Mickey. And he said, uh, Mark, how'd you know all this stuff would work out? And, and I said, well, Nelson... That's the nice thing about not being very smart. You just do something (laughs) and you just work hard enough to make it work. And that's how it it happened. And we started out uh, building guns. And and, uh, and then as we kind of went along, although I didn't really know that much about 1911s, I I did understand manufacturing and business and people. And as we went along, we uh, thought, you know, hey, we've got to have all fully machined parts. If we're providing a lifetime warranty and paying shipping both ways, if there's anything ever wrong with something, we can't figure it out over the phone with the with the customer. we, I said, hey, we've got to have the best parts. So our first step was fully machined parts. Uh, every pistol we build starts off as a block of steel, every single part. We had great uh, people that came and advised us. We paid them we still have relationships with those people. And, you know, one of them was Richard Heine, a, a long time gunsmith that had built custom 1911s for years. These were
2: some of the original uh, founders, right, Mark?
4: These guys were some of the original gunsmiths, uh, you know, back in the early days before there was any 1911 parts, you know, they right. were really just taking the, you know, the old Colts and early Springfields, maybe. Uh, and, and just doing custom work on them. So they had a lot of knowledge and, uh, I learned a lot of stuff from Richard and, uh, there was a guy by the name of Bob Marvel as well. And, uh, what I loved about Bob is one thing about getting into a business like that. uh, I knew I didn't know everything. So asking what other people's thoughts were, you know, it was just a natural thing to try to do. And Bob had a, a ton of knowledge he was a type of person that you know if he says hey uh, an extractor he wouldn't just show you how an extractor should look he would actually write it down draw it out so hey this is the minimal yeah. maximum length these cuts should be on this extractor and it should be beveled this way and he was a detailed guy and then he would sign his name to it those are and, those are
2: great people like that can just take out a piece of paper and draw something like that. What, what's your earliest memory of, uh, with firearms and, uh, Mickey, I'd like to hear your answer too, but, uh, maybe Mark can answer quick. And then, then you can give me your answer.
4: My earliest member, uh, memory is my, my dad was, uh, you know, he was a hunter. So we killed my first quail when I was seven years old, you know, deer hunted and sat in the stand after dark and got scared to death when I was six or seven, (laughs) you know, uh, So we, I hunted my entire life. My dad, he was a, you know, had a great family life and hunting and family was big. So we hunted a lot of times in the afternoon during the week after work and uh, then on the Saturday and Sunday afternoons after church. So I just remember those times of, you know, lots of hunting, but most everything, you know, was either with a shotgun or a rifle.
0: How about you, Mickey? Uh, kind of along the same lines. My dad bought me a 410 Harrington and Richardson shotgun that had the 4-end taped on with medical tape. <laughs> I cut that tape off, and we refinished it and welded a little piece on it. I still have it.
2: Good for you. I've
0: killed That's a, cool. I've killed killed a lot of... I've been on a many a great safari hunt with that little 410. That's cool. In <laughs> Arkansas. <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 that's great. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the, the, kind of the kind of along same lines down here. You know, you, you, you kids are kind of raised around it, and it's expected that they'll learn proper etiquette. Yeah, uh, yeah, early on, and so that's kind of the way it was for me.
2: Well, we're we're doing. Mike and I are doing the same thing. I know Frank is doing the same thing with his kids. All of us are. Yeah.
1: you know, we're getting them all started early for sure. Now, guys, back to the company a little bit. So, one of the things I know you're proud of is your motto is "One Gun, One Gunsmith." And, you know, you, you kind of mentioned about the, the process of, uh, of, um, machining parts and whatnot, but, uh, why is that, where did that come from? Why, why is that so important to you guys?
4: Like I said, you know, we wanted fully machined parts, but where a lot of companies are machining them as close as they can get them and basically assembly line, you know, putting a, a firearm together. All of our parts are machined oversized so every individual part has to be machined or be hand fit. Every part has to be hand fit. you know even the pin holes in the frame where your pins go in, you know, <coughs> each each one of those holes is hand reamed with a with a reamer because we're trying to get that perfect fit. And uh, you know I remember the story about I'd go to my grandmother's and back in the old days, you know, I wanted to associate my name with something that lasted, and it it wasn't just disposable. Because I feel today, just about everything you buy is disposable, and when you buy a not custom pistol, I mean, it's handcrafted, it's hand fit. You know, it it's what we call you can pass from generation to generation. And I, the one of the things that made me start thinking about, you know, loving quality is. Uh, my grandmother lived in Joplin, Missouri, and when we'd go up and see her, when I was a kid, I played with the same toys that my dad and his three brothers and sister played with, and and all their kids played with those same toys, and my kids played with them, and they lasted. It was quality. It's just, you know, things were built right back then. It, You know, I remember going to her house and and opening up, in her utility room, a refrigerator refrigerator that stood about five foot high and it was 60 or 70 years old. It was built right. So it was very important to me if I was going to put my name on something.
1: Yeah. I, th- I, I do think that that's, I think that's something that, um, is lacking in a lot of companies nowadays, you know, and, um, I think the whole disposable products, you know, part of that I think is is people are trying to stretch dollars as far as they can. But you know, to your point, if you buy something that's quality and lasts, you don't need to ever spend it again. You know, there's there's a company, someone I know is into old lawnmowers, and uh, Gravely is a lawnmower that he owned, and one of the things he always told me was they literally put themselves out of business because they made a machine so good that no one ever bought them. You know, they, they just would buy them once and they never bought another one, you know? And uh, in that case, it was not a good thing. But in the case of firearms, I think it's a great thing to pass from one generation to another. I do have a question. And, and there's always room for another one. Another gun, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I actually have a question yeah. about your uh, your manufacturing. So I was looking online, doing some research, and when you guys fit the, the slide to the frame, um, I had read where you could always make a uh, 1911 more accurate by making the tolerances tighter. But by doing that, you make it less reliable. More more problems can occur. And that the old GIs, when they would get their cult 1911s, they would shake them because they wanted to hear a rattle knowing that there was space and that that space let them know that it would be reliable. And uh, what I was when I was doing this, I kind of read that f- for your company, you guys are sort of like... Sort of finding that middle ground, but could you maybe just uh, elaborate a little bit on that in terms of where you find that sweet spot?
4: Uh, most definitely. I mean, it, it's all by the by the feel. If you do get it too tight, uh, there's a problem. So there is a fine line. But we kind of like, uh, and Frank saw it, and and you know you can talk about everything you want to talk about. We've uh, got three you... of them sitting on the table, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when when you rack that slide, and it feels like it's on ball bearings. Yep. That's what we're after, and it shouldn't require five hundred or a thousand rounds to break in. Right. And uh, that that's what it's all about. Is
2: but do you uh, how do you measure that tolerance? Like, do you you know you have what. Uh, Frank, you were saying like, how many gunsmiths you have? You have, a uh, what are you guys at? 26, 27,
4: 26 so, gunsmiths that are building new guns, you know? So you
2: got 26 gunsmiths. How do you, how do you, how do you tell them how far to go? They're, they're one guy making one gun, each piece, right? Frank, you were even saying made in house.
1: Well, one of the things you know, that I, one of the things I had, um, well, hold on. I'm sorry. How,
2: how do you, how do you instruct them how far to go? right? Because each one is kind of custom fit.
4: You start out where the slide won't go onto the frame and they'll measure, they'll remove material and they'll start working that slide. But it truly is just a feel? A little bit at a time. And they'll actually hand lap that. Wow. they get it to a certain point until they, you know, it's just smooth as...
2: So it's really just smooth. a feel. They just feel it. They just know it's right.
4: Feel it, and you know that's you amazing. talk about training. We, you know, in these times right now, uh, and Mickey <laughs> being—he uh, sells guns. That's too, what he said. A while ago. You know, Mickey wishes we could build 200 more yeah, guns a week. Exactly. You know? yeah. And, yeah. I, just, I, do, I do too, Mark. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got one on the shelf, that,
3: and I'm having a hard time getting more in.
1: Uh, Keith, you had mentioned about like it's that it's feel like that's like blowing yeah. your mind. Like, I'm looking at your; it's blowing your mind. There was a—I watched a video of a guy. I think he was buying, he was picking up his 1911 and, you know, from he, Nighthawk. He, yeah. And he took it and he, you know, he racked it and he was saying how when he, you know, he racked it, he pulled the trigger. he was like, oh man, that's amazing. And the gunsmith looked at me and no, we're not even close. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, that's not it yet. Yeah. And he was like, what do you mean? He's like, no, it, it's not right yet. So I, I, I really think it's the feel like, yeah. they they deal with this so much that they well it blows your mind because when you
2: you know I I, I, I don't own a nighthawk I Mark I promise I will own one at Mickey you can sell it to me um, and uh, I I I I just think about how regular manufacturing is done and that like Mark you were saying they just get it kind of good enough right and I felt some really nice ones and then I'm playing with these three that that Frank came over with and. It's a totally different world. It's it's blowing my mind.
4: Yeah, and you know that good enough thing, uh, we can't have that. You know, uh, somebody pays for uh, what they what one of our pistols cost, and uh, hey, just good enough is, you know, that's not an option. And uh, yeah, I, I, one of my original partners thought things. He'd say, "Oh yeah, that's good enough." And boy, I said, "No, it's not good enough." That's why he wasn't. He's not one of my partners steel. So we can't have that attitude. And I, I think, you know, Frank uh, saw that, that, you know, people have to be bought in on that quality. And that's where the one gun, one gunsmith. And that's where Bob Marble wrote his name, signed his name. He was committed to what he told us, you know, whether it be an extractor, or how you fit a firing pin or, and all these deals when you're committed and when you're done with it, you know, you take a metal stamp and stamp your initials underneath the left grip panel. And that's kind of, Hey, I'm bought in, I'm committed. You know, this thing's going to have my name on it for the rest of my life. My grandkids, great grandkids may fi- see this one day and I can, I can be remembered for something really great, uh, or not great. And, uh, our gunsmiths take a lot of pride when, you know, customers write in and say, man, you know, uh, I'm going to use Mickey instead of using one there. Hey, Mickey, you did a great job on this gun. Or, hey, Brian, you did this. Or, David, or, or Tim, or whoever it is.
2: Frank was showing us some of the pictures of his visit. And I think you, if, if it's not on there, you got to put some more pictures about showing the workstations in your, in your, uh, in your, in your uh, factory. It's amazing. These guys have their own workstations that are theirs. And it truly is, uh, it almost is as much of assembly line as you can make it, right? Like there's certain stations where they all can go, but they all have their own place to, to, to work on these guns. And I think it's, I think it's a great part of the story.
4: Yeah. And, you know, originally when well, we were in some storage buildings and, and if you, if, if anyone ever comes to Nighthawk and sees the historic vault, you can see how the original benches were, but it's very important to me. I, I never minded working. I just wanted the right tools. And I wanted the right environment. And, uh, so it's important when we built this new building that, you know, it's craftsmanship style, you know, custom benches that are quality because that's, that's what we're known for is quality and, and our people uh, need to have cool areas.
2: I'm sure your folks. I'm sure your folks are happy to work there. So uh, that's that's really kudos to your talk. To me, am I pronouncing it right? Is it Cosme? Am, am I am I saying that correctly? That's,
0: that's correct.
2: How did you partner with them? Because they're they seem to be along the same lines as you, and um, you know they're just or did they find you? Because it's a pretty cool design. I'm a big shotgun guy, and uh, I love the idea. If, if nobody's seen these before, go check them out. They they're a semi-automatic that loads like a break action and um the magazine tube is in the butt stock um and they're beautiful the engravings are absolutely insane um i need to stop buying cars so i can buy one of these and uh i i don't know what else to say about them but how, how did you come, how did that partnership come to be did they did they find you or did you find them
0: I, I, i'm gonna let mickey tell that story but I'm like you. I've always been a connoisseur of fine shotguns. My favorite hunting is bird hunting. Uh, I like to deer hunt, but there's times when I'm deer hunting and there's nothing going on and I'm sitting on the side of a mountain freezing to death thinking of everything I should be doing. And and, uh, when I'm bird hunting, you 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 start that at 10 o'clock in the morning and yeah Uh, four or five hours into it and it's social all the way and there's a lot of action you get to watch the dogs and and such
2: i never Uh, realized but that's probably why i like it too
0: (laughs) it's it's a it's a great social activity and with a lot of interaction and i like it uh we were at safari club international and actually their booth was right beside of ours and uh these guys are from italy and um uh, I got to looking at the shotgun. There's over a hundred parts in that shotgun. They're all. It, it's important to Mark. One, one of Mark's cardinal rules are: we don't partner with anybody that doesn't do just as good a job on their product as we do on ours. Uh, we're sure, great policy. Yeah, we're we're partnered with Korth. We we import Korth revolvers from Germany. Uh, they're handmade. They're fully machined. One gun, one gunsmith. So, as I began to look at this shotgun and looked at the fact that every single part in it is uh, fully machined, every single part in it is hand-fit, they're all hand-polished, it, it, there's over 400 hours in each one of these shotguns, and it's a piece of art. And I was like everybody else, I was you know, looking at it, and and when I realized that it was a semi-automatic... Uh, Even the yeah. ATF didn't know it was a semi-automatic. Uh, yeah, we... <laughs> yeah. It took us an extra seven months to get them in the country because they thought it was a single shot.
2: (laughs) That's a great story. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Mickey, the, the way you're describing how it, how you felt about this, holding it in your hands is how I felt about it when I found it on your website. I was like, this thing is so cool. And then I went and then, of course, I got a little sidetracked and I went looking at at their way at their website about how they came to be. And that's a whole nother story entirely. But I they are truly works of art. The cheapest to get into one of these things. Help me. Is it like 20 grand?
0: It is. Wow. It is, is, but it's worth every penny of it. We ought to be charging more. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well i you know they have made it to a bucket list i don't know if i'll ever get there um but I'm oh my gosh you. i mean mickey we got to get one up here for the guy
0: yeah I, i'm i'm gonna
3: help with. That. we'll get it in his hands yeah
1: man so I, i've been we actually have we literally have uh pictures yeah i can't of him, stop Shaka. staring at him I'm just yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I i have pictures on the big screen scrolling through of them and keith has got a little drool drool coming, drool out coming down <laughs> <laughs> but i you know i've been poking around your website a lot and um one of the things I noticed is that you know I've been watching videos and there's a lot about the people of your company. So a company is only as good as the people that work in it. Um, it seems that you've created this sort of amazing culture at Nighthawk, um, and you know that that goes all the way down to the people. So I was I was hoping you could speak to uh, the culture you've created and also about some of the people that are maybe a, a part of that culture. You know, I one of the things that impressed me was I saw in some of your gunsmiths benches they have their name and the year they started and I just it just seems like you really do a nice job of making everyone feel like uh, like a family so if you wanted to speak to that a little bit
0: well I a, a, as a person who who mark hired I think that I can speak from as close to the fire as anybody and I will tell you that his interviewing process is uh, it's rather extensive uh, because culture is a very important thing to him uh, family is a very important thing to Mark. And uh, there's, uh, uh, you know, he has a motto, uh, a mission statement, if you will, for his family and it's three words, no empty seats. And even to this day, his kids are grown, but if there's a, a family gathering, uh, he expects those kids and their spouses to be in their chair. And, uh, you know, he told me that it it was always important that, uh, you know, breakfast time, supper time, no empty seats, everybody be at the table with your teeth brushed and your hair combed, your bed made, and, uh, and your seat better not be empty. And he took it all the way through, you know, their adolescent years and then up into, uh, you know, college and, and, and on through. And then he wound it up by saying, when I get to heaven, I better look around and their seat better be full. There better not be no empty seat. <laughs> and, and so, uh, that, that literally transfers, you know, we're not the biggest company out there. Uh, we've got 85 employees now, but I tell people if bigger was always better you know, elephants that rule the world Miss America weighed weigh 400 pounds. So it's, it's a, it's an expectation. Uh, there, there's not a lot of excuses. Uh, it's an expectation. And when I hire somebody or Nelson hires somebody on the production side, uh, you know, that, that is permeated because ultimately you get to answer Mark. And, uh, and so I would tell you that, that the quality of people is very important to him. And you you hear him tell the story frequently about how his his mom and dad always told him you can do a hundred things right and you can do one thing wrong and and at your funeral, you're gonna remember, be remembered by the one thing you did wrong. So let's get it right. And uh, and and that literally is just a part of of the everyday expectation around Nighthawk custom. Up to and including, I, I would also add that everybody that applies to be a dealer at Nighthawk Custom doesn't get to be a dealer. Uh, but, you know, we take a lot of pride That's interesting. in the fact that we've got people like Frank. And you guys know this. You're sitting there with him. Frank?
2: He's okay. Frank, not- <laughs> He's all right. The beard's a little suspect. <laughs>
0: Frank? Well, I ain't talking about his the hairstyle. I'm just talking about... <laughs> <laughs> no, remember, he's a great guy. I've known Frank for Remember, a long time. gentlemen, Jesus looks on the heart.
2: <laughs> I, I've actually known Frank's father longer than I've known Frank.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Frank
1: So guys, when sorry,
2: go
0: ahead. No, Frank's a good dude. We we think highly of him. We sure did.
1: Well, we did have him back on the show, so he Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. He's good. So you know, we're we're looking at uh looking at these Beautiful works of art. I mean, they really are. You know, they're. Wait, what do we decide? We're going to call them, guns aren't tools or instruments, instruments now. Instruments.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: they're
1: instruments. It sounds. Yeah. So here. we're looking at these and instruments. And like I said, I've seen somebody blowing a barrel and make a noise like an <laughs> instrument. And they're they're you know they're honestly amazing. You know, Frank, Frank brought some here. We're, we've handled them and they're really truly beautiful. Um, but what can someone expect to get by spending, you know, two, three, four times what you could get from you know another 1911 off off a shelf
0: well here's here's the way i'd answer that nobody buys a rolex watch because they need to know how to tell time (laughs) fair (laughs) point that's a great analogy everybody everybody wants to own something nice and anytime they can better themselves uh you know every person i believe probably tries. I don't care what your station is in life. Uh, if you can get better, you go ahead and and take that opportunity. What you get when when you buy a nighthawk custom pistol is not just a pistol for yourself or a Cosme shotgun, a shotgun for yourself or a quartz revolver. Uh, it's an heirloom that will be passed on and uh, along with that there's always a story there's always a memory and uh, our goal is to make sure that uh that number one we build a relationship that we're not just we we want to be who we say we are when mark talks about the lifetime warranty if somebody figured and by the way we don't do many warranties but if somebody figures out how to tear to tear up one of our uh pistols not only do we fix it for them, he mentioned it a while ago, we pay shipping both ways. We take that personal. Uh, I I would strongly suggest that our customer service is unparalleled. And I know that if Mark or myself were to hear of somebody that we felt like wasn't treated with, with a five-star treatment, we would personally get involved. So, uh, we expect for the relationship to not only uh, last a lifetime, but to further itself and and for uh, whoever's hanging around to get to know your kids and your grandkids. And uh, by the way, you guys are welcome here anytime. and uh, if oh, thank you, Keith, yeah, if you'll that. come down in February Be- or March. I, uh, we'll not only give you a tour and fix you up with that nighthawk pistol you're wanting. Uh, we'll take you to Oaklawn Park. And uh, let you watch the horses down there, and you need a corned beef sandwich that you're gonna have to hold. <laughs> don't,
2: don't, t- d- listen. We we, we take in, we take invites, and we 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 work them.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you better bring your wife too, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Mike and I, and can Frank come too? We want to bring Frank with us.
0: Well, uh, Frank Frank is a must because we got to have somewhere to ship your pistol to.
1: Okay, fair enough. Done. <laughs> So I I want to you know that was a great answer first off, but I want to take this a step further because I actually don't think you're giving yourself do your due justice here. No, they really are. They're, they're being very humble, very, right? Listen. So all right, I I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase this, but I was reading something that Larry Vickers said, um, and Larry Vickers, ex Delta Force, right? And, yep. And he said something along the lines of, uh, "I've seen every problem that could possibly happen on a 1911." That's why now I carry a Glock. <laughs> Tell those guys before they buy themselves a 1911, they'd better be ready to spend lots of money and lots of time tinkering and getting it right. Something along those lines. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I have to believe that when someone buys a Nighthawk Custom, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. happen. I have to believe that. And and I just, you know, am I right about that? Frank, I mean, you own a 1911, right? Th- these guns run. I-, I
3: own 15 1911s, but I've got... My three Nighthawks on the table here. Not those. <laughs> I, I, there's there's really no looking back. Quality, I don't think. But
4: I have people say, "Man, I have I have a bunch of 1911s, and you know, it's kind of like your favorite shoes or favorite pair of boots or your favorite shirts. You can have a closet full of shirts, and you wind up wearing the same five or six most of the time, but that's your it's favorite." Fair.
3: Or, or my favorite hat. I think it's in your lake somewhere still.
4: <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and it's the same way with the Nighthawk. You know, it doesn't matter how many 1911s you have. You, you get a Nighthawk. Uh, it'll be your favorite. It'll be the ones you And your kids will know it's your favorite. And one day when you're dead and gone, that'll be the ones your kids fight over because that's mom or dad's favorite, you know, firearm. And hey, I, I, I want that one. And that's why most of our customers have multiple uh, Nighthawks or course or, uh, and, and that's just the way it is. And uh, it's not saying that bragging, but uh, that's a compliment. I think huge compliment. I take it that way.
2: Well, you know, you're, you're selling, you know, you're selling something that the price point really, that's who you're marketing to, right. Are those people that, that feel, you know, uh, Mike, you always say I'm a sentimental guy, you know, has some sort of sentiment to buying something like this.
4: You know, what's crazy about, yeah, you think, well, it's all these people that have money. Well, uh, there's people that, uh, I had a, I had a 21 year old boy that saved his money mowing yards and stuff. As soon as he turned exactly. 21, yep. he bought a Nighthawk because he dreamed about it. And, and, and that's, that's what his passion was. And I had a 16 year old boy from California here two days ago. Uh, his dad's a pastor from, uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, there were seven kids, seven eight, eight of kids, them, eight kids, yeah. and a husband and wife came. Uh, they were up, uh, I think, uh, around Branson or something, and and the kids were at some youth camp or uh, church camp or something. Hot Springs, Hot Springs. There's no straight roads hardly in Arkansas besides the one interstate. That's
0: where a that racetrack is, Big Keith.
4: <laughs> All right, so like me. They ran like down. It. They stayed up here while he was at that camp, and they drove all the way to Hot Springs, which is about four and a half hours. A hard driving feels like about seven in these curves and these mountains here. Drove back, and for his 16th birthday, that was his thing. He wanted to tour Nighthawk before he went back to Denver, Colorado. So that's cool. So that's cool. I don't think it's about. You know, a lot of people limit themselves and think, "Well, it's just the people that have money." Well, everybody likes nice things, like Mickey said.
0: Well, and to to, no, it isn't just to address your observation there earlier about the Glock. uh, uh, you, You know, I don't have any axe to grind with Glock, and they they fill a role and. You know, but I'm sure glad that John Moses Browning, you know, put together the 1911 because it came through two world wars. And if it weren't for that, uh, it was a major part in all of us not wearing goofy little mustaches and speaking German.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're certainly sexier. That's for sure. Definitely. That's right. So
0: I want to go back to what you were just touching
3: on is that, you know, anybody can get into a Nighthawk, whether they, whether they know it or not. And that's through your financing program. Do uh, you guys want to talk about that at all?
0: Be happy to. Uh, our financing program is uh, is a really uh, easy thing to be involved in. Uh, we rolled it out the first time, and and we had to tweak it a little bit because I felt like it was a little bit too tight, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't working like I it was working, but it wasn't working like I thought it could, and so we went back to the drawing board. <laughs> it's done through a, a local bank here. Actually, Mark sits on the board of directors. Uh, that was
2: my question. Are you funding this yourself or you got someone funding it for you? No. Good for you. You got a bank doing it.
0: No, it's uh it's the oldest continuously operated banking charter in the state of Arkansas. And it's located right here Perfect. at Eureka Springs. So they're 109 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, they're just
2: meeting you guys. I would expect nothing less than a community bank that you're working with. Yep. So good for you.
0: And, uh, my daughter works there and my niece works there. And, and, uh, I would tell you that anybody can, anybody that's paid their bills on time, uh, can own a hot mm-hmm. custom pistol. Now, you know, the poop heads of the world, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to give them a little bit of financial advice and, and some tender loving care. But, <laughs> but, but I would tell you that, uh, you can go to our website and when you, Click on the menu up at the top where it says Help. It will, it will pull up the financing tab. All of the rules uh, of the underwriting are right there, and they're very lenient. Uh, with a credit score of 650 or better, you can qualify. The
2: I bet you this is something that doesn't default very much, but
0: uh... it's not. And you know, we've never lost one gun that we've ever financed, and I'm very proud of that. The application takes literally six minutes to fill out. So they're not asking uh, uh, you know, questions that require a, a, a lot of uh, in-depth research. It's a six-minute application. It's a three-minute approval process. And 96% of the time... It's like an
2: Apple card. S-
0: say again? It's
2: like an Apple card.
0: Absolutely.
2: That's fast.
0: 96% of the time, people leave with the gun within two hours of applying.
3: So, So, Mickey, I heard a rumor that that you came close to losing a gun once.
0: (laughs) We did, but (laughs) me and the guy visited about it, and he seen the error of his ways.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The little uh, little four-fingers Muldoon had a little time.
4: Yeah, he was all the way in (laughs) Las Vegas, Bada, (laughs) and Mickey
0: happened to be out there. So how'd that story Uh, happen, Mickey? I was... Uh, it, it's just kind of the way that it happened, but I was in I was in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Cowboy Christmas Show, and uh, James Myatt, president of the Berryville Market for them, called me and he said, "Hey, I've got me a hammerhead. You know, this guy's dragging his feet, and, and he's dragging his feet by about four months." And I said, "Oh Lord, you know," a, he said, "Well, and the he said the hell of it is he lives in Las Vegas, Nevada." and i said well james what's his address and uh (laughs) well let me look it up here and uh, so he sent me his address and i said i just happened to be in las vegas let me see if i can find him so i got me an uber and and i went to (laughs) you
4: took an uber
0: yeah i had no vehicle out there so i got me an uber and and I uh, show up this old boy's door and I rang the doorbell and he answers the door and i introduced myself and he about pooped down both legs. It, it, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: he did not think anyone was coming for
0: that gun. No. And, uh, well, I wasn't mean with him. I just explained to him that he was behind and I said, I'm sure you already know, but we got to get this figured out. And, and I've got three options for you. And, uh, he said, okay, what are they? And I said, well, you can pay the gun off or get your payments caught up. You can give the gun to me and I'll take it home with me. Or I can call the ATF and report it stolen. said that last one rattled him a little bit. He, <laughs> that one got him. <laughs> he said the ATF. And I said, yeah, have you heard of them? And he said, yeah. He said, what are they going to do? And I said, I don't know, but do you want the internal revenue in here either? He said, no. <laughs> He said, "Hang on just a minute. I need to make a phone call." So he called his dad and his dad paid the gun off for him. So it all Oh ended up. man. <laughs> all right.
2: That's a good story. That's a
0: good story. Oh, and we all lived happily ever after.
2: So you're so when when people go to apply and under the terms and conditions where it says about being behind, they just put your face up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh no, we've that's the only, you know, in three and a half years of doing this, there's only one time where we even had an incident. I mean, well, now you, you gotta
2: add something now you gotta add something else to your business card. You don't just sell guns enforcer, repo really too.
0: forcer. Jeez, sell guns a and little, get back. You know, banjo picker. <laughs> banjo picker. The the uh the thing of it is, guys, is for the most part for the most part, it's good people that buy guns, and that's what I take away yeah. from that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. You know, anybody, that's and, buying- and this
2: is not something anybody's buying something like this. Like you said, they're they're they know that, and they're and they're fortunate enough to get a finance, They know they're going to pay it. I, it's like Harley Davidsons. People don't default on Harley Davidsons. They're like it's like very rare.
0: Nope, not at all. Thank God.
2: <laughs> uh what what's the current what's the current wait period for a custom nineteen eleven? How long do I have to wait for one of these things?
0: Uh, right now, if you gave me an order today, you can plan on seeing it in 12 to 14 months.
2: Wow. Jeez. How about a Cosmi?
0: Uh, 12 to 15 months. It's okay. Uh, same. Uh, yeah. Hey, the world's great right now. and
1: Yeah. And is that, is that a supply chain issue?
0: No, no. It's just a backlog issue. Yeah. Well, that's uh, a good issue. Yeah, it's a demand but, issue, right? Okay. Exactly. It, it, you know, there's just, uh, I, I attribute that to hopefully I'm doing my job and we're getting the word out. And, uh, you know, Sounds people like, like yourself that are helping us. And, it, it, you know, when we get the endorsement and you've got, and, and guys, I'm not, I ain't blowing smoke up. Nobody's britches leg here. I'm just telling you that when you've got dealers like Frank, that people want to deal with and they're reputable, and, again, we don't take everybody that wants to be a Nighthawk custom dealer. Uh, it, you know, there's a little bit of vetting that I have I, to I'd do. Say,
2: I'd say about every other time I see Frank, he says, you got to get a Nighthawk.
0: <laughs> well, like I said, you know, I don't know if you know about this or not, but, you know, Frank got saved several years ago.
2: I know. <laughs> he did tell the story. <laughs> yes, are are you know, there... I- uh, you should tell the story about how he got saved. I don't want to. I shouldn't take that away.
0: <laughs> well, well, uh, you know, when when Frank first signed on, uh, first off, y'all live in a very beautiful state. I've been quite a few places in your state, and
2: it it ends up beauty. It's it's not it's not gun friendly, but it is beautiful.
0: It, it is. True. It's spectacular. And ironically, what's crazy about it, guys, is that your state is a really good gun state, and the we sell a lot of guns up there, and Frank sells a lot of guns for us. In fact, Frank could sell a lot more guns if I could get them to him. And but the 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 bottom line is, when you've got boots on the ground with people that believe in us, um, that makes my job pretty easy. And, uh, well, Frank been here, he's seen us, he's lived with us and, and, uh, he's part of the family.
2: Well, can you, uh, since, can you give us some top secret family projects that you might be working on? <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. I, I,
0: Frank, Frank has seen some of the things that we're working on. He was not allowed to take pictures. But he is trusted, so he did not have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. He
2: did not even
0: mention nope. it. Honestly,
2: I—that I, I, was a question that I had on on here that I wanted to ask. I I tend to ask it, um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if there's something that you even are close to announcing or recently announced that even a hint, a little, a little, a hint, little whisper yeah, of something, something.
0: The, the issue is, and, and I'll tell you our our research and development team, which is headed up by Nelson Davis, our COO.
2: They're not going to
1: argue with you, Mickey.
0: And Well, yeah. it, it, they, <laughs> they've heard
1: your, your we're, reputation.
0: The, the, we're so far behind right now that it wouldn't do me any good to, to, <laughs> to say, oh, roll this out. All it do be cause a big fight.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm a guy, I get excited about things, new things. And, you know, we've been setting on things for a year and a half. And, uh, I'm like a kid on Christmas morning, you know, When I see something new, I, you know, hey, I want to get it out there and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy difficult times, but, uh, you know, one day it'll probably slow down. Things will go back to normal, hopefully. And, and, uh, we're going to have some really, really cool things. Frank did see a few, uh, we had a few that we didn't even show Frank and, uh, lots of cool new things coming and people just need to be watching. We just introduced the delegate uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago, uh, Sand Hawk.
1: All right. So no, Keith, no, uh, no, 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 no leaks. No I leak. tried. I, so good. I didn't want to give up on
4: the no so
2: quickly. But man, <laughs> when he stumped, he took that extra time to think about I it. know. if he was a New Yorker,
1: he would have given. given oh, it yeah, up. we, can't, he would have given we it up. can't. stop talking. Yeah, New Yorkers yeah, can't no. stop talking. Yeah. All right. So guys, uh, we do want to move on to. We want to want to move on a running gun and some other stuff. But uh, where can people find you guys? Where Where is all your social media and all that stuff.
0: You can find us at nighthawkcustom.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, uh, you know, pretty much all of the the major. You guys
1: are on YouTube too, right? You're on YouTube. You have videos. We are
0: on YouTube. As a matter, yeah. of fact, I,
1: I I have links. I have links for you guys in the show notes, so people people they know to find you anyway. But they'll be able to find you if they want to. So,
0: Mark Mark, uh,
1: are you on any of the social
2: media? You don't. You sound like me that uh, I I'm not on any social media. I'm on none of it.
4: Well, not really. I did tell the story four years ago uh, or so. Uh, our middle son Landon said uh four or five he said hey dad we we uh I, we need to get an Instagram account and I said insta what?
0: Insta, and, who? Uh, <laughs> insta who
4: and I said we'll get one made Mark and, thought he
0: said grits and we don't need instant grits
4: <laughs> so, so yeah I I'm kind of that way. I I do go on and look but uh I don't well, think I have friends or anything, but I, you're, yeah, doing it, you don't, you're doing
2: fine. You're doing fine. You you don't need it. Let land. Yeah. Let Landon take care of that, and, and, and Mickey will keep right. it under control.
1: You'll be all right. That's it is sure. true. So, guys, we we have a tradition on this show called Run and Gun, how, and we were hoping you would how play with gonna, this. We can't. Are
2: we going to let them alternate again? We gotta, they got to go yeah, one-on-one. Go yeah, on one one.
1: One. So okay. <clears throat> the way this works, gentlemen, is uh, I'm going to ask you 10 rapid-fire questions, and I want the first answer that comes to your mind. So what I'm thinking I'll do is I'll, I'll give you an every other. So yeah, they're,
2: they're going to pick who's going to go first, and then yeah. and then whoever uh, goes second gets the next question, yeah. whether you like it or not.
0: Yeah. Mark, so
2: uh, who's going to go first?
0: Mark can go first.
2: Good. I actually like this. Is a good first question for Mark. Hey, I don't I
4: like, like games, you. so i probably going <laughs> not pass on this thing.
2: All right. Well, the only thing is, it's you know, first thing that comes to mind, and and we time it, so we have a list of who
1: what guests to run it the fastest. Exactly. All right. So guys, here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Agent two. What gun would you buy if money was no object?
0: A Cosme fully engraved, hand painted <laughs> yeah, ceramic yeah. shotgun with a matching Nighthawk custom fully engraved pistol.
1: Oh, I love it. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be?
4: That mine? Yeah. Jesus. No, <laughs> well, that
0: doesn't make sense at all. Boy, take that one off. It makes total sense. Well, listen, it, 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 it's an
4: answer. It's an
0: answer. It's an answer. Favorite caliber? in the wine. He believes in drinking.
1: <laughs> Favorite caliber, Mickey.
0: Ten, ten millimeter.
1: Favorite hobby, not gun related. Horseback riding. If you have one superpower, what would it be?
0: <laughs>
1: Good one for Mickey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If I had one superpower, uh, I would be more convincing than I am.
1: <laughs> you
2: can't yeah. make that I, many. I thought it
0: was going to be x ray vision.
1: That's mine. That's, That's mine. Much to his wife's dismay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All, all hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Armed. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Pistol. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse?
0: Uh, My middle brother. Let's fix it up!
1: All right, so before I get into this this, uh, segment here, you guys did great. For two people running and gunning, that was actually really impressive. It wasn't
2: the fastest. I ain't
1: gonna lie about that, but that's Arkansas. It's okay. I think that's... (laughs) That's,
4: that's
1: exactly right. the title. Oh, uh, That's great. All right. So anyway, uh, tonight on Let's Mix It Up, we want to talk about um, home gunsmithing and where to start or where to begin that process. So <clears throat> everyone sitting around this table, and I'm sure gentlemen uh, across the uh, the airwaves here uh, have tinkered with some firearms. Uh, Frank, I know you have a little more experience than Keith and I do, um, but- where does home gunsmithing start in terms of like I'll, for example i'll look at like checkering i don't think that's something that i could just go do you know it doesn't seem like something i could just do and do well go ahead i can tell you where it ends usually when it winds up at my
2: shop in a box <laughs> with,
3: awesome. with missing
2: parts <laughs> well that's I, where home, home gunsmithing for i gotta tell you my first my first gunsmithing experience was because of you. Well, and I want to actually. I wanted to mention that. So, you, what did you do? Just so real quick. What I my first uh, firearm was a um, it was a Smith and Wesson um, revolver, a snub nose, and I, uh, I I I went to Frank and I was like, Frank, man, this trigger sucks, <laughs> and I said, I'm just going to leave it here, put a new trigger in it, and you know, I'll come back and pick it up. And he was like, you know, Keith, I think you can handle this. He's like, you know, you work on your cars. He's like, you know, you, you know, you're a mechanical guy. I think you can handle it. And he's and I said, well, I don't know where to even begin. And you gave me like a a, a two and a half, three minute rundown, and told me that's all it takes. you know, told me kind of what to do. And uh, I went home and I took it apart and I instantly lost the trigger spring. <laughs> And there goes the box back to Frank's. (laughs) And then I I was really pissed. I I, I went and I just ended up, I called you and we talked about getting a lighter spring kit and I ordered a lighter spring kit, got the parts and just put it back together and, and managed to do it. And, it was fine. And ever since then, I haven't had any issues. I, I replaced, well, we can,
1: there's a, we can Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've built ARs. I've, you know, at this point, I've changed grips a hundred times. I've put safeties on and off from, you know, people that send but us where's stuff. Where's the line? But, but that's my question. Where is, and Frank, I'm actually going to go to you on this one. And then guys, we'll get you in on this in a second. But, you know, where's the line? Like, where would you say for someone who is, obviously, you could develop skill, but like, where is it where you're like, all right, uh, you don't want to Do try this, this yeah. just yet? You, you got to really. Get some training or something.
3: To me, well, safety, right? Safety stuff. But other than that, it comes down to how much money are you willing to waste. Yeah. So if if you look at some parts that you are going to modify, if something needs to be hand fit, how much does the part cost? Is it fifty bucks, sixty bucks? If you need to modify a sixty dollar part, you need to say, well, I am willing to throw this sixty bucks out because if i if I destroy it, I am buying another one, and then I am probably going to the gunsmith and having them fit it. So it's it, it comes down to how much. What's your risk tolerance? Well, like you
1: mentioned safety. Like I mean, like you could make the argument that when you start taking and we'll go with like polymer pistols, but like when you start taking them apart and you start removing the sear and you start changing, you could make the argument that you I mean, I think that's very doable. You know, you watch a video on how to take apart a, a you know, a Glock. It's not rocket science. But you are still working with things that are safety related and I guess there's safety checks.
3: That's just it. When you're done, you sh- you should make sure that 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 firearm operates the way it should. So yeah, to me, it's just, it's wrist tolerance. Yeah.
1: I mean, have you ever done checkering? No, no. no. That's 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 like another I, level, I right? send it to Bob Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: so here's here's where I would draw the line. It, Mike, you talked about building an AR. And to me, putting t- assembling an AR-15, they go together. There's no, you don't need files. The parts aren't hand fit. So where that home gunsmith versus professional gunsmith or, or somebody that knows what they're doing, where the parts need to be fit.
1: Is it fair oh, to say Is it? F- – I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to, like, put this. Is it fair to say there's a difference between assembling – that's one way – and, like, art. art, Crafting. Craftsmanship, right? So what I mean, like, is, like, we said checkering, and I keep using that example because, like, that's more of, like, an art. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not something – even, like, I would even argue that, like – It's not necessarily an improvement
2: thing. It's not necessarily, yeah. like,
1: you know – Like, Frank, you may or may agree or disagree on this. Like, I have a um a Colt Python. An original Cole Python, but it's in bad shape. And eventually I have always wanted to get it redone, re-blued, but like that's one of those things like I don't want to blue that myself. Like I would send that to someone who knows what they're doing, especially on a gun like that. Like you could you could blue a gun yourself, but like do you really want do you think you're gonna do as good a job as someone who does it every day? You're
2: sort of you're sort of just talking about where the line is, and and Mark Mickey, I bet you would agree, you know, you buy a nighthawk. You don't go modifying it and buying a crazy. Right. You got a old classic Colt Python original. You don't go try and testing how to blue something for your first time. You buy an everyday Smith and Wesson snub nose, and you're not happy with the trigger pull. You know, maybe you give that a shot. You know what I mean? Well, again, That's you're replacing like, a spring. You what well, you doing... I was polishing the trigger, uh, you know, surfaces. You know, it was a, it was pretty detailed. Honestly, I, I looking back on it, it was probably for me when i talk to people about this topic i say that's a line you should not start at like, yeah drop in firing pins on a over under shotgun go for Definitely, it. you yeah. know what i mean one one
1: so you- let's get back to this so what are some of the tools like what are, what do you need, you to need get, a, i mean you need a punch set brass and plastic i think right yeah, a yep. mallet, right? Definitely a, a, a mallet meant for gunsmithing. Some sort of vice. We like,
2: uh, what do we got? Like the, the Tipton Ultra, what do we have?
1: Well, that's like a big vice, but yeah. also so a regular, like an actual bench vice is nice to have, yep. right?
3: You need a good set of screwdrivers and a set of punches. Yeah, can you, do you really can you, you, do need. you
1: know that the, uh, there is a difference in the type of screwdrivers that you're, you should use versus shouldn't? It's the, yeah.
3: yeah, so you need different width bits and and, and thickness bits. Like L sells a, a, a bit set that's, Uh, It's got to be 110 bits in it. It's a good one. They they all come in handy for different things. You can't just use a a straight blade screwdriver that you get. (laughs) It's
1: the shape. It's the shape of the screwdriver that you'll actually uh, strip the screw heads if you use like a regular old, you know.
3: Gunsmith bits are are hollow ground, which means that the edges are parallel. That's the term. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll fit into a screw slot and have 100% contact. Yes.
1: i couldn't hear the term but that's it yeah what about you guys uh on uh, over there at nighthawk any recommendations for tools tools?
4: i i think that's uh i think frank hit them all on that and uh you know when you're talking about yeah certain people most people don't need to you know try to fit gun parts to uh the guns i mean it depends if you're an engineer and you're mechanical then yes but uh the probably doesn't need to do that. And that's one of the things we wanted to sell more parts and, you know, gunsmithing schools and gunsmiths at dealers. We, we were selling all kinds of parts to those people because they know how to fit things and do things uh, and repair shops. Tell us a
2: little bit, Tell us a little bit about maybe like the, your gunsmithing workstations. What are some of the commonalities? Like they're all individual, all right. Your workstation is your workstation, but what are some of the commonalities in those workstations that, that people may, might at home want to want to consider?
4: Yeah. And I, I'll answer that question in just a minute, but the, sure, as far as something we did, we did all fully machined drop-in parts. We don't use them on our own own, but you know, we tried every manufacturer and, uh, we have some, you know, some really nice barrels, slide stop, you know, thumb safety, firing pin stops, firing pins, things like that. That somebody can do the work and improve their nineteen eleven. Their, you know. Oh, I
2: I didn't know that. I missed that. Yeah, that I, those I missed things that. Things are
4: out there. You know, even other manufacturers. We'd hope that they buy Nighthawk, but uh, I would recommend some of that if somebody's wanting to do some work themselves because it's very rewarding to say, "Hey, look at this." Yeah. Guy. I couldn't hit anything but now look what uh, what i'm doing yeah. so
2: N- not to try to not to try to take away sales from the custom side but do you think you could build yourself like a really cool custom part 1911 for cheaper than a full gun
4: uh you know it it wouldn't be the quality of a full fit match grade I, barrel and obvious you know, obvious like, yeah I, thank you for pointing out you know, we have these drop-in uh, trigger systems, which are great, but you know, we don't use them in our everyday uh, right. custom new builds. But sounds like that's a great for a way
2: for a new gunsmith to like kind of get introduced.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, like that's <clears throat> that's sort of where you can start to to bridge that gap and and tinker a little bit. And you know what, like you know what I always say is like. I go to the University of YouTube, <laughs> you know, like if I go to YouTube and I watch a guy do it and I go, oh man, like I, I think I can do this. If I look at it and go, I'm, I'm racking my head just watching this guy do it. It's probably not something I can do, you know? So I mean, that's a good way to start, I think, is you watch a couple of videos and you, the first AR I built, I literally would like watch what the guy did. I'd pause it i would try to do it you know try not to lose a small pin (laughs) which
3: there's one thing that that we talked about earlier in in the interview and and that's uh the feel like you you were asking what the spec is and yeah there there really is none it's feel so that's one thing that you're only going to get by doing this day in day out Mm. building hundreds and hundreds of guns that there's that's the only way to get the feel that's
4: exactly right i mean tiger woods Tiger woods or some of these professional golfers that every time they swing the club, the ball goes where they want it to go. You know, they didn't do that by saying, Hey, I'm going to tinker with this uh, one week out of of every five years. And when guys do things consistently, they become the very best at it over time. Yeah, definitely agree.
1: All right, guys. Well, that was, uh, it was a really, really great conversation. I really enjoyed having you guys on and, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's obvious that you guys take a lot of pride in your company, a lot of pride in your product, and uh, I just want to thank you guys for being on the show and and you know kind of giving us the story, and it, it's a great story, you know. And and making the mistake of inviting us, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't know what they're bargaining, what they're in for here, <laughs> so. To everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media, so be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Mark, Mickey, and everyone financing
2: guns better pay it. Mickey's coming. <laughs>